Hi, welcome to Frank's Flapjack Shack. Can I take your order, sir? Hey, you know what I would like? I would like there to be a podcast by a guy who's in a wheelchair. Maybe he's like 29, 30 years old, right around there, and it would be good if he lived in Texas. Coming right up. Buckle your seatbelt, strap on your crash helmet. It's time for Riding a Wheelie, a comedic journey into the mind of the funniest man on four wheels, Jamie Jordan. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. How you doing? My name is Jamie Jordan, and this is a brand new episode of Riding a Wheelie. That's right, it's the Writing Wheelie Podcast. It's everything you need to know from a wheelchair guy's perspective. That's right, I am vertically challenged, and I am proud of it. I've been vertically challenged my entire life. I have cerebral palsy. I am very loud, as you can tell. The reason that we're here is so that you guys can kind of get a little bit of a feel about what it's like to be me. Because when you live your life on wheels, that's a different type of perspective. And the entire point of this show is to just sort of explain that to you guys. And I just want to show you guys a little bit about what I deal with every single day. But let's face it. If it was just me sitting here talking about random stuff, that would be boring. At the end of the day, I'm just a guy. The other half of this show has to have some sexiness. She has to have some beauty. And so, of course, sitting across from me is the beautiful, the talented Miss Natalie. How are you? I'm fine, Jamie. Thanks for that. You're laughing at me because you've never heard me do this before. No, uh, laughing. I know I'm laughing at you because I thought vertically challenged meant short. Well, well, it technically <laughs> does. But when you think about it, here's, here's the thing. I don't stand up. I don't think I just specified that. But I have cerebral palsy. I don't stand up. Which means I have no vertical whatsoever. <laughs> right. Like, it just doesn't exist. And uh, while we're talking about that, Natalie, do you understand how depressing it is to go into a grocery store and realize that you can't reach a top shelf? Well, yeah, and because that, I'm actually vertically challenged, and I, I can't reach a lot of them. But see, compared to me, you're not. <laughs> compared to me, you're not. Because if I met you in a grocery store, I, I as a guy, this is what's really depressing. I as a guy would have to, in a grocery store, come up to you and go, excuse me, ma'am, you look really nice in those heels. And they just happen to give you three extra inches, and I can't reach the cereal. Can you help me? <laughs> Do you have any idea how emasculating that is? I mean, you just, yeah, that's just something that I have to deal with, being the short, vertically challenged guy. And we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff on this show from the wheelchair perspective, but... 
the reason that you are here is because, like I said, somebody's got to offset me. Because if people are going to sit and listen to me for an hour, they're going to fall asleep. <laughs> and you need somebody that maybe, maybe has just a little bit of that beauty, of that talent, of all of that stuff that you have. And that's why you're here. So, since we know that, we're going to talk a little bit about me later. But I want the folks to know all about you. So where should we start? Um, well, we can talk about what I did this past week, which is a pretty major thing. Well, before we get to that, let's, let's talk to them about kind of where you are in your life. Oh, where I am in my life? Yeah, because okay. we're, we're going to talk about the thing that you did this week in a little bit. That's <laughs> That's the... That's the major point of okay, this so first show. Okay, so a snapshot, a snapshot right. of, of, of my life. Right. All right well, um, let's see here. Well, I I guess I would categorize myself, although I hate categories, um, as being a professional. Um, kind of a high achiever, although I started a business and failed. <laughs> I don't know what that makes me. Um, which put me in the search of a job. Um, and that's pretty much what I've been doing, gosh, now for about, I would say I've been doing it probably since January, but even before then, um, you know, I was putting some resumes out because like I knew that, that my current position wasn't going to last, but, um, that's kind of what I've been doing lately. And, and I would say that's an all consuming kind of thing. If you don't have security in your work, it takes priority. So um, that's kind of just where I've been lately. And we have to tell everybody that you and I met uh, a few months ago because in in the search for the job, you've had lots of time on your hands doing <laughs> doing various, various things. Uh, and you and I met a few months ago uh, and just kind of got to know each other. And mm-hmm. the reason that we decided to do this show is because every time that we get – to talk every time that we have a discussion, it's always like about nothing. You know, everybody talked about everybody talked about Seinfeld and how the show was about nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nat and I can have about a three-hour conversation about absolutely nothing. Yeah, and, we can. And, and and I I just I for some reason I just thought that would make an excellent podcast. <laughs> And so here we are for the first time where we're podcasting. It's fun. It's good stuff. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing it. To be honest, you're the one that talked me into it. Yes, you're, I did. You're, yeah, I did. You're the one that got me into this because, because I have had this type of podcast before and it stopped because of various reasons and I haven't really done anything based around me for a few years now and you're the one that talked me back into it and i'm just curious as to why you thought that that was necessary well i think your perspective is i think your perspective is needed you know a lot of times when i'm talking to you it it, you know whatever i'm going through you know, I'm, I'm all familiar with, with my situation and then I hear things that you go through and I just think it adds 
a different dimension. And I think it's really interesting. And I listened to some of your other podcasts and, um, I thought, I thought that they needed to come back so that other people could continue to hear it. Well, and, and part of my thing is when, when, when you grow up the way that I did in a wheelchair, you're forced to have a different perspective. Like you don't have a choice. That's just the way it is. You're going to see things a little bit differently. So, so you're right. I do. And, and there are things that I struggle with. Uh, you've been trying to find a job recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I've been trying to do recently is get myself into better shape. And so while you're at home searching for jobs, doing all the various things that you do, I'm trying to get myself into better shape so that I can be more independent, so that I can kind of be on my own, do my own thing, and maybe eventually get a job. That's right, folks. I do not have a job. I'm 34 years old. Do not have a job. I, I, uh, because of, not because of the reason that a lot of people do not have a job right now, which is the economy. A lot of people, because of this economy, are having a really tough time. And I gotta be honest, that's why I think it's taken you so long to get a job, is the economy just blows right now. Yeah, it really does. It's just awful. It's tough for anybody to get a job. But in my particular situation, I'm a guy in a wheelchair, I'm 34 years old, I live with my parents, and I do not drive. And you can imagine what sort of issues that will pose when you're trying to get somewhere. I'm fairly certain I could get a job and go every day if I wanted to. But I have to have a way to get there, right? And and that's not something that I have. And so watching you search for a job these last few months, I've kind of come at it from a different perspective because I would love to have a job, but I can't even get to the job interview. Yeah. I mean, it definitely changes what your, your options are as far as work goes. It It's really tough to even do something as simple as getting to the job interview. And mm-hmm. so it, it's been kind of interesting these last few months because we sort of, you and I sort of bounce between each other. Mm-hmm. You've been searching for a job and, and you've been really struggling and you had a couple of days, maybe even a week there where you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know. You know? <laughs> what am I going to do? It's rough. It's rough when you don't like have a dollar income coming in. It's scary. It feels awful. Just feels awful. It, it does. And, and, and I, I know that it does. And I, that's why I think it's very timely uh, that you and I do this show. This particular show is about the issues of getting a job. Mm-hmm. That's, this is what we decided we were going to talk about on the first episode of the Writing Wheelie podcast was the issues of getting a job because I know you've struggled yeah. and I've struggled because I feel like that I could get a job in about 10 minutes. I just can't get there every day. So essentially we have the same issue yeah. just from a different perspective. Yeah. And, and so that's why we're here today. One thing you folks have got to know about Natalie 
is that she worries about everything. <laughs> oh, come on. Like she's yeah, like yeah, the, like food and shelter and water. She's like <laughs> the clothing. most analytical person I have ever met in my entire <laughs> life. Like, like when we started talking about this podcast and doing this thing, and I've been doing radio and different types of, of of podcasting and even a little bit of TV for the last ten years, and we started talking about this, and she goes, "What if I'm bad?" Yeah. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. And I'm like, it'll be fine. We do it every day. We just don't record it. Um, yeah, we do and, do this every day. Yes. You're, you're, yeah. you're somebody who thinks about everything and you're a planner. You're, you're, you're the type of person that when she gets up in the morning knows what she's going to do with every hour of her day. You have a plan when you start. I've learned this about yeah, you. Yeah, sometimes it goes all to hell, but <laughs> but, but it, I do have intentions at the beginning of the day. And see, I'm sort of I'm sort of the opposite because I get up every day and I'm just like, eh, we'll go where we go, you know. I and 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 it's been kind of interesting you and I being together these last six months and kind of getting to know each other. And that, in a lot of ways, we're the same, but in in a few ways, we're different. And it kind of drives you nuts a little bit, I think, because I just sort of go about my business and don't necessarily have a plan. And you have everything planned to the nth. Like, yeah. you know where you're going, you know what you're doing. And I'm just kind of like, ah, if I get it done, I get it done. And you're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about right. it. Right. And relax, I, I, relax. How many how many times have I heard relax? I say relax a lot, don't I? I'm sorry, I do. I say relax a ton, but that's because you need to relax. Yeah. Uh, like I said, folks, she's been working on this for for a lot of months now. It's really been a struggle, and one of the things that that has stuck out to me is even the work. That you put into a resume. Oh my goodness, yeah. I looked at your resume and I went, holy crap. And I, and you have to change them for almost every job you apply because you learn that they're looking for keywords. So you try to, to mirror it after whatever the posting is. And I've posted from everything. Like my background is, is sales, medical sales. And, but I've posted for everything. I've posted for, to be an administrative assistant. I mean, when, you know, I would have done anything. Um, I, I don't know. So I would just try to craft a, a resume that, that met those things while kind of still in the line with my, what my experience was. So yeah, it takes a ton of time posting for jobs and then you post for 30 and you know what you get? Nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. Absolutely you get nothing. nothing. I just spent a whole week and I got nothing. And, and what's crazy is this is what's very interesting to me is you were one of those people who would literally spend the whole week and apply for like two Absolutely. or three jobs every day. It's hard. Hard to stay motivated. And, and it's not, it's not, I've learned from you that it's not all about the resume. It's not all about, you know, submitting that resume and don't, 
and being done, you have done a ton of research even after you got an interview. You're like, Absolutely. I, I would talk to you after you got your first interview and you're like, I've got research to do. I'm like, what research? What are you kidding me? You want to yeah. show up? I, I think that, I think the one that sticks out in my mind is I, I won't say the company, but it, and it was still sales and kind of, and it was medical. Um, but I did all this research and I got interviewed by a panel of three people for a $25,000 a year job. Right. Like, like when, when we talk about having to fight for a job, I wasn't necessarily fighting for the best job. I was fighting for just income, you know, just anything coming in. And, um, I'm thinking, you know, Yes, I prepared. I went there prepared and I had to interview with three people. Then I went back and interviewed with, I think, three or four more people. And then I didn't get the job. <laughs> then they didn't give it to me. Seriously, I got rejected from a job I didn't even want. All of that, all of that for 25000 lousy dollars a year you did. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I gotta be totally honest. I, you know, watching you go through all of this, it hasn't been really uplifting for me. I, I know it's not the best story. Because my situation, I think about all of the stuff that you're going through, and I'm looking at that, going, "Well, if she's having all of this trouble, I'm a guy in a wheelchair. How how am I going to make that work?" Because let's, let's be totally honest. I, I have, I, I made it through high school. I made it through college and we'll, we'll talk about that as we get more into these shows because I think you're going to get one of these about every week from us. Uh, but, but I have a high school, uh, diploma. I have a college degree in mass communication, believe it or not. Uh, I, I went to college, went to classes like everybody else. I had to do some different things, and I had to have a lot of people helping me out. But I went to university just like everybody else. And and I look at all the struggles that you've had going on, and I'm like, you know what? If she's having such a hard time, why is somebody going to hire me? Before anybody out there says, man, this guy's really down on himself, think about it just for a second. I'm a guy in a wheelchair. I have cerebral palsy, which essentially means that I cannot stand, I cannot walk, and my arms and legs do not work the way that I need them to. Now, if that's the case, and a company wants to look at me for a job, would it not be easier for that company and more logistically feasible for that company to hire an able-bodied person who can do everything that they need them to do without special accommodations or treatment of any kind. And that's sort of what I run into from a mental block. Yeah, I got through high school, I got through college, but I had to have a lot of help. And it's the same issue with the job. It doesn't matter what job I do, I'm always going to have to have some sort of help. And right. from a from a company standpoint, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I ran a company and had employees 
why would I not just do the smart thing and hire an able-bodied person that I don't have to spend time or money on just so that they can get working? It doesn't make sense. And, and so it, it's been a real struggle for me to watch you because I, I've watched you go through all the stuff that you've gone through, just like that story that you just told. And then I think about all the issues that I've got, and I'm going, well, if she had all this trouble, what shot have I got? Yeah. You know, it's it's not me being negative, and, and you guys will learn this about me as we go along. I am a very, very confident person. Yeah, you're always positive. Yeah. I, I very much have belief in myself and what my abilities are and what I'm capable of. But, but when it comes down to something like I just explained, to me, it's just logic. I mean, you could either do a handicapped guy a favor, hire him, do what you need to do to, to get him started, or you can go easier and cheaper and just hire somebody that doesn't have a disability. And, and so that's what I've been struggling with. Well, that's a, that's a legitimate struggle. I mean, with, with, of course, I'm in sales primarily. Of course, I, like I said, I posted for anything. Um, but I think it's also what you're suited for. Um, you know, literally these jobs are getting in and out of a car like 10 times a day, um, you wouldn't have been able to negotiate that in a timely way. No. I mean, I think the thing is, is looking for things, you know, in the world of technology, making that work to your advantage. And and it is hard. I mean, eventually I ended up in the work that I feel I'm suited for, but it, it was a, it was a journey to get there. Well, you and I, you and I have talked a lot about what I believe I'm suited for. I, mm-hmm. and I, I talked, uh, just a second ago about, about getting a degree. I got a mass comm degree and I never, when I was getting out of high school and somebody asked me what it was that I wanted to do with my life, I knew exactly what it was and I never wavered. I, I never had any doubt. I never had any question. I knew exactly what it was that I wanted to do. I wanted to be on the radio. I wanted to do TV. I wanted to speak to people. Now, when I was younger, I thought that I wanted to be a comedian and do it that way. I thought when I was 18 years old, I thought that I was going to get a record deal and be a really, really successful comedian and, and just have the best life. And, and I'm really not, not to boast or anything, but I'm, I'm pretty funny when it comes right down to it. <laughs> if, if you put me up on a stage with a crowd of people, I can make you laugh. That's what I do. And, and I've learned over the last few years that I might be able to expand that, that there might be need to be a little more than just stand up. And I've kind of expanded into motivational type stuff and talking to people and, and, and just be letting people know that no matter where they're at or what they're doing or what they're going through, we all have issues and we're all blessed. So that's where I'm coming from. I understand what I'm, what I'm best at, what I'm suited for, what I want to do, 
But even that has been a real struggle. Like I said at the beginning of the show, when I was really nervous, and I'm starting to calm down now because we're 20 minutes in, <laughs> uh, this is what I do. Like, this is what I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very comfortable with it. And the problem that I've run into is even when it comes to that, uh, even when it comes to the idea of me going and speaking to people, even those types of jobs, you have struggles. Well, yeah. I tell stories all the time, and it's an honest, true story. I had a friend that used to work at a church. He was a graphic designer for a church. And uh, and so I would go up to his office and hang out. And, and there would be a lot of days that I would go up there and the secretaries wouldn't see me. And so I would call him on another day when I was home and uh, he would, he'd pick up the phone and he'd be laughing. And I said, what are you laughing at? And he said, well, the secretaries just buzzed you up. And they said, it's that drunk guy again. <laughs> like I, I never really thought of myself. I never really thought my voice was different. I never really thought there was anything strange about it. But I've learned that when I call people on the phone and they don't realize who I am, they will swear up and down that I'm stoned out of my brain. Except for me. And I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm Southern and that is, I, I, I really don't know, Jamie, but I don't necessarily I guess sometimes maybe I hear it, but I don't know. There's there's no way that I would think you were drunk, but I I get what you're saying. But that, I've never heard you that way. It, it's really it it really is a struggle when you realize that that yeah you want to speak, you want to talk to people, and all of that stuff. But even to call a business or 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 a church or a youth group or whatever. When you realize that you really, to be, if you're really honest with yourself, you need somebody else to make those calls. Yeah. That's, that's depressing. You just got a job. You just I got did. a brand new job and you're going to start in about, let's see, in about hopefully six Monday. days. Yeah, hopefully Monday. Yeah. Hopefully Monday. You're going to start about Monday. And a good job, not a crappy job, not, not, not a 25,000 job interviewed by 10 people <laughs> it's a it's a very 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 good job so i've i have been blessed but um but yeah I'll, I'll be starting that soon and and, and I've, I've even thought about it i'm like you know what if if i were going to and and granted i'm 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 thinking way ahead so don't freak out here nat but if i were going to speak to your company the only way that I'm getting in the door is if, if you or somebody else who knows me vouches for me. And, and you might, you might think that that's because it's a very large company, but that's the way it, that's the way it works everywhere. <laughs> it, it doesn't well. matter where it is or what you're doing. I, I've learned I can't make the calls and, and do it myself because nobody takes me seriously. See, I, I'm just not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I think if, if you were on the other end of the phone, I, I may not, I may not think anything. I don't know. Just me. 
And see, everybody that knows me says, well, yeah, I, I, I know you and, and I, and I know that you're not, but just think about if you don't. That, that, it, that's really, I mean, if you never met me before and I called you and I was, you know, trying to explain who I was and what I was about, I don't know what you would think. Yeah. And, and that's really tough. Well, you know, well, and the, you know, the bottom line to that in anything that you do, you usually have to work a connection. And, and you know, that the, this, the sad thing about that is I think it leaves a lot of people like, like before when I was applying for jobs and I didn't know anybody, my resumes went nowhere. Right. It, it would be the same way if it, I don't know if it's, if it's the way you say that you speak and people perceive that. I think that it, a lot of times, and I really hate that it's like this, it comes down to a contact and getting in with the right person and having somebody vouch for you. Um, I was really afraid of that in the job search. Because I didn't really know, I don't know that many people who can help. It ended up that a position opened up and I knew some people, but I don't think that's unusual that in anything you do, you, you have to get that foot in the door somehow. And I hate networking. I hate networking. I hate, I'm not on LinkedIn, although I should be. I'm not on Facebook. You will be. I you know. Will be. I'm not on Facebook, although I should be. Like, I am not a networker. Somehow I resent it. I think I don't like, I don't like playing politics or anything like that. But it's, it's the, it's the one thing that I, I realize it's the age in which we live, it's, it would be hard for me to call up somewhere, send a resume and get a job. Likewise for you, Jamie, it, it's same thing. Let's talk about perception for a second, because I, in, 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 in the way, in the way that I live, perception is a big deal. Um, because you've never been in public with me. Let's be honest with people. Uh, we, we've not ever met. We met on the internet. We've, we've, gotten to be friends and mm-hmm. uh we we have not met in person yet um, right so you you've not been in pub in public with me but but i i will tell you that it's a different type of experience because ever since i can remember anywhere that i go in public there are people watching me there are people paying attention to what i'm doing there are people talking behind my back uh, the, the, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. And I figured out a long time ago, the reason that people are doing that is because they don't quite know what to do with me. They have questions. They wonder why I'm in the chair. They wonder how I got here and they're afraid to ask. Well, will they speak to you at all generally or, or not? so much i'm going to tell you a story and and it's the honest truth i a few years ago i went to philadelphia with a with a friend of mine for another podcast that i do mm-hmm. I, I we had an advertiser and those guys graciously decided to fly us to philadelphia for three days to go to a flyers game and and just generally have a good time and so I took a friend of mine with me because obviously I need a personal assistant. And the guy that I took with me has known me a very long time. He's known me about 10 years. Uh, we It's the same guy that had the graphic design job at the church. 
same guy. I took him on the on the plane ride with me to Philadelphia, and we're in the airport in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And somebody stops us and asks us a question about what I needed. But they didn't ask me. They asked him. Okay? And he answered the question. And, and we went a little farther on. And somebody else asked a question. And he answered it again. And the whole time, I'm just smiling. And after, like, the third guy, he looks at me and he goes, Dude, why don't they just talk to you? And I said, mainly because they're afraid that I can't speak, that they'll say something wrong or stupid and offend me, and and I'm gonna have a seizure right in the middle of the airport. <laughs> and, and 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 it sounds like the most absurd thing ever, but it's the honest truth. Oh, I can see that happening. It's I the honest truth. People are scared to death. Let's just be clear right now. Part of the reason that we're doing this show, part of the reason that this show is alive, other than the fact that you nagged me into it, um, is that I'm about the most open guy you will ever meet, okay? I would rather you, if you see me on the street, if you see me at a restaurant, I would rather you... Come up to me, and if you have a question, just ask it. And I've told people my entire life, I am about the most unashamed person you will ever meet. You cannot offend me. Well, you could be opening up a can of worms. You just you just invited anybody to ask you a question. But see, <laughs> that's the thing. I want to answer whatever question they've got because that, to me, that's better then somebody's standing in a corner wondering, hey, what's the deal with that guy? You know, because I don't care who you are. If you see somebody that interests you, if you see somebody that you wonder about, trust mm-hmm. me, that person knows that you're looking. They know you're paying attention. That They're not oblivious. And so me personally, I can't speak for everybody else, but me personally... If you see me somewhere, I would rather you ask because I cannot be offended and I would rather ask, I would rather you ask and me answer your question and have you understand that at the end of the day, I'm just a regular guy. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, mean, that's it. That's it. That's all I want. And so the, the perception thing. Just getting back to, to the, to the, uh, job market is that if you throw perception into it, then you've got an entirely other can of worms because you gotta know that an employer's looking at me thinking, okay, just how many issues does this guy have? How many days is he gonna be sick? How many days is he going to be in a hospital? Right. How many, how many, what kind of other physical issues is he going to, to have that's going to cost me money? And, and it sounds jaded. It sounds cynical, but I promise you folks, Nat, you've been in business a long time mm-hmm. and you can't sit there and tell me that they don't think that way because they do. Well, to, to those people and, and I, 
have definitely heard this quote in business, and it's one of my least favorite quotes. Have you ever heard the quote, perception is reality? Absolutely. Well, it's not. A lot of times, reality has nothing to do with 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 the way you perceive it. I hate that quote because it justifies people doing what you just said, that they can look at you from across a room and perceive you in a certain way, and that's the reality. The truth is they have no idea. The truth is, is that maybe you'd be their best employee, right? The most dependable employee because, because, Jamie, you're ready for that stability, right? Perception is not reality. And, and I, when I hear that quote, and I've heard it tons in sales meetings, all it is is an excuse for someone to justify the way they look at somebody. And, and I guess we all do that to some degree. You know, we do it to keep ourselves safe, you know, in situations and stuff. But, but I think we overdo it, um, and I think it's pretty useless. Well, and, and I, and, and like I said, I am more aware of it because of, of the life that I lived. I, I'm more aware of it because where I sit. Like I said, I'm 34 years old. I live with my parents because at this point I don't, I don't make enough money to be independent. So I have to live with my parents to, to, you know, be healthy and do all of those good things. I do not have a job because I can't get there every day. I go to physical therapy. I do all of those things that you might consider that a guy in a wheelchair would do. But none of those things, none of those issues really has a bearing on what, I, what I'm going to do when I go to work every day. Right. Or the kind of worker that you would be. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really tough. And I'm not blaming uh, a business owner for the way that they look at me because let's be honest, I just explained everybody looks at me differently. Unless unless you're sitting here, I'm looked at everywhere I go. People are people are are always curious, and it's just something that I deal with, and I'm okay with it. I mean, I decided when I was 15, 16 years old. Uh, that if people were going to look at me, I was going to give them something to look at. And that's why I'm in a, a, an entertainer and that's why I'm loud and that's, that's why I'm funny and, uh, I, that's, that's why I do everything that I do because if you're going to look at me, I'm going to give you a reason to look. Um, and, and the, the way that I came about that is when I went to high school, I was the only kid out of 1,500 kids in a wheelchair. That's, and, that's pretty wild. And when you're the only kid, but that's the way it's been my entire life. In the life. whole school? Yes. Out of 1,500 kids, I was the guy. That's the way it's been my entire life. Okay? And so when you're that guy... And you realize that you're that guy, it does two things. One, you automatically realize, hey, I have the potential to be the man here. And I was when I was in high school, because when you're the one guy on wheels out of 1,500 kids, everybody knows who you are. Well, that's true. 
I enjoyed that when I was in high school because everybody knew who I was. I don't like it so much now because I'm, you know, 15, 16, 17 years out of high school and I'll be at a grocery store getting groceries and somebody says, hey, you're Jamie. And I don't have a clue who they are. Right. They know who I am because they remember me, but I don't have a clue. And, and that's the worst, that's the worst part, but it, that's the way it always was when I was in school was, you know, I was the one kid out of 1500 kids and everybody knew who I was and everybody had a perception of me. Um, and, and so it's not just employers. It's not just people that I'm trying to get jobs with. It's everybody. I, I tell a joke in my act, and it's the honest truth. I, I tell the story that I was out to dinner with my family one night. And we're having dinner. We're having a great time. And we're all sitting around. And this woman comes up to the table. And she looks at me, and she looks at my dad, and she looks back at me. And, and she kind of, you know, makes her way back to my dad and points at me. And says, can he speak? And my dad gets this really disgusted look on his face. I mean, he looks pissed off. All right? And the lady's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say something offensive? And my dad's like, well, it's just the fact that we just spent the last half hour trying to get him to shut up. And you (laughs) might just get him started again. Thank you so much for that. I, you know, and, and the same time in the restaurant, the same, the same time, this woman, I swear to you, same woman, we're paying out. And this woman comes up to me and touches my leg. And she says, can you feel this? <laughs> so because she thinks you're paralyzed. I, and, and that's what most people think. Right. Paralyzed. When, 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 when I'm out in public, they think guy in a wheelchair He's got to be paralyzed. I have cerebral palsy, which is a motor neuro type deal. I have feeling everything works. You know, if you hit me, I'm going to feel it. I am not paralyzed. And I think that's a general um, kind of thing. That's a general mistake that most people make. They see a guy in a wheelchair and they go, oh, he must be paralyzed. And and that's not the case, and that's okay because you, as a quote unquote normal person, don't live around that every day. You're not required to know. It's like having somebody with with some sort of disease, whether it be cancer or 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 something like that. If you don't have some firsthand experience with that, you don't know what that's like. Well, I would hope I wouldn't be a complete idiot about it. I can't imagine that I would ever, ever ask somebody else in the presence of a person, can he talk? I and can't I, imagine that I would do that. Well, I've had worse done than that. I bet I, you have, but I just, I mean, it, that falls into the what are people thinking category. I mean, it, the the answer is they're not. Yeah. The answer is they're not. And it's, it's the perception thing that, that we keep going back to. They perceive 
that I'm in a wheelchair, so therefore he must be somehow brain damaged or or not have the ability uh, to speak or whatever. And and most of it is, if we're being really honest, Nat, most of it is this politically correct society that we live in. Well, how is that politically correct? Well, hear me out. People are so afraid to offend somebody else that they're not going to take a risk. Well, I, I do get that, too. And and so in, instead of speaking to me and then me trying to speak back and maybe not being able to speak, they would just rather not take that risk. Well, you know what I remember when I was in college? Because I was... um. I was a special education major, and I, I taught special ed for a while, but I remember a professor, and I don't know if this is good advice or not, And it, but it stuck with me. He said, if you see somebody, ask them if they need help before you help them. Now, what that looks like is you see somebody struggling with a door. Is it rude to run up and open it? Because you, you, you think about being that politically correct that you don't want to, like, impose yourself on somebody i really i really hate that he said that to me <laughs> because now it now it makes me not know what to do well but see, here's the thing that here's the deal um if you see me in public and i'm at a store or whatever and i'm opening a door i will tell you if i need help so you so he's right you wait he, he's right absolutely yeah he's you right. wait the, the, the downside of that is that sometimes people are too attentive because I have a lot of situations, whether I go to the movie or whatever it is, there's, there's a lot of situations where I have to wait on my ride, okay, because they're not there or whatever. When the movie is over, it drives me insane when my ride is late because you know what happens when my ride is late? I have no idea. Do people ask if they can take you home or? <laughs> I I'm, don't know. I'm sitting outside the movie theater or the store or wherever it is and every third car is like, are you okay? Can we help you? And you have to smile and you have to go, no, I'm waiting on a ride. And, 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 and it's really good that people are paying that much attention, mm-hmm. but they, they think, I think the reason that they ask that is somewhere in their brain they're wondering, I don't know if this guy is capable. He may be lost somewhere. We may need to make a phone call for him. Right. Um, I, you know, I honestly think that's what goes through people's brains. And, and that's fine. I'm glad that people are conscious enough to ask. But when you answer it, you know, six or eight times in a half hour period, it's like, no, I'm good. Leave me alone. And it's just the way it is. And so going back to the job situation, you throw in all of the stuff that we just talked about and you put that into a job interview situation, you can understand where my head's at because you throw in all the stuff that we just talked about, about perceptions of that, that regular people have of me, mm-hmm. of, of, of the struggles that I have getting somewhere of, you know, 
people not being sure what to do with me. Then I go into a situation where I'm trying to get a job and it's like, why even try? You know, if I have that much trouble with normal people, normal everyday people, and I walk into an office of a multi-million dollar business and I have to prove to them that I'm worthy and worth the money that they're going to spend on me, that's that's hard enough when you're you and going through the situation that you're going through. Went through. Let's hope it's in the past. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> don't all, take me back. Don't take all, me she's back. Like, she's yeah. like freaking out. She's like, no, no, no. I don't want to lose it, okay? Just shut up. It's I haven't even good. started yet. Okay, so... um but but you understand where I'm coming from, and, and it, it's it's really really daunting. It really is. And I have a friend that I went to college with who who still to this day wonders what she needs to do with her life. And like I said to you earlier, I have never even had a thought. About, hey, what do I need to do with my life? I've always known what I wanted to do with my life. And her and I got into an argument one day. And she said, you know what? It must be nice to be Jamie Jordan and know that at the end of the day, you're going to be a rock star and your life's going to be fabulous. And you're not ever going to have to worry about nothing. Some of the rest of us got to think because some of the rest of us don't know. Well, what did she ever end up doing? She's still trying to figure it out. I have never once, never doubted what I was supposed to do. My issue is how do I get there? Right. Depending on where you're coming from, I think perception, regardless of that saying that you just said, perception is a big deal. Because perception changes everything. Not saying it's not a big deal. It's just not always reality. It's very seldom reality. Not saying that's not a big deal. I just think our society in particular just puts a lot of emphasis on, you know, their discernment and, and, you know, you don't know somebody until you, until you actually know them. And I, I just, I just think it, I just know that like looking, you know, I go back to looking for a job and, and what you're saying, you know, people perceive me in certain ways. Maybe they think I'm a fit for the job or not. I guarantee you they don't know that just from looking at a resume or just for, for me sitting across from them for 30 minutes. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. I think, I think people don't know you too. I just wish it wasn't like that, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm going to ask, because we've got a few minutes left here. I'm going to ask, you have, you have now known me for a few months. I don't, I'm awful. I don't even remember when exactly it was that you and I met, but it's been a f- few months now. Um, I don't remember either. I, <laughs> can I ask you, has your perception of me changed compared to what it was originally. Yeah, but not not in the way you think. How so? Can can you explain that? I, how has it changed? Well, I think it's because, like you said, we met in a virtual space. So I only could depend on your voice, on 
You know, I only knew like certain dimensions of you. Right. So a lot of, of me in my mind, I don't necessarily associate with the chair. I know you do, right? But that's not how I know you. Now, when I say that my, my view of you has changed, I thought you were very standoffish. Really? Like, yeah, just nice, but very guard, but, but not very, but a bit guarded. I mean, it, it took us a while to even start talking or having conversations. I'm so glad we did because you're quite, you're a warm, you're a likable guy. Well, and you're not the first person to say that. And, and yeah. I actually had, I actually had a discussion with somebody last night that said that exact same thing. Said, you know what? You're extremely intimidating. I don't understand what it is about me that is intimidating. Yeah, I, don't, or I, I didn't say intimid. I can't say intimidating. I can say that it just took, it took us a while to get to know each other. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just what it, you know, how, how it was. And I think, I actually think that what's interesting about how I know you is I know you minus the chair. Like sometimes I have to think, right? Like when we were going, th- when I was going through the job thing and you were kind of looking for things at the same time and you were telling me what you were going through, I thought, man, I think I got it bad. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> maybe I don't have it so bad. Um, because at least I could apply for most anything, you know. I wasn't really limited there. But um, I think I, I have to say something. You faked it really well. Because while all of that was going on, you know what you're saying to me? Apply for everything. Well, and don't that's tell what, them no, you're handicapped. Don't, I did. Just, you I don't did say just, that. Just apply for everything and don't well, tell them well, you're well, handicapped. But my rationale, no, my rationale is this. You don't really know that, uh, you know, if you're applying for things online, which is what I was doing, and I'm not even so sure that that works necessarily. I think it works sometimes, but I wasn't getting anywhere and I was applying for everything. I just think it's like throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks. Right. Um, it didn't end it up. That's really not exactly how I got the job, um, although I did apply online and I had somebody I know kind of go on my behalf, you know, vouch for me. But um, I think the interesting aspect about you, and and maybe we could talk about it on a future show, is that I know you minus the chair. So I I constantly have to be not reminded, but sometimes when you say things, it hits me like a ton of bricks because it's easy for me to forget. Yeah, and and to be totally honest, and you're going to laugh at this, um... There's a lot of times when I'm out in public and I see another person in a wheelchair and I say in my mind, man, that's got to (laughs) suck. Well, (laughs) right. (laughs) Because uh, there there are times, and this is the honest truth, that I don't remember until I roll by a mirror. Because this is all I've ever known. It's not like I was able to walk until I was, you know, 10 mm-hmm. and had an accident and now I'm in a wheelchair. This is all I know. There, that I'm, I'm serious. There are times that I will see 
another person crossing the street in a wheelchair or whatever and think in my brain, man, that's got to suck. Yeah. Just, just not, just not even, it doesn't even occur to me, hey, dude, you're, uh, you're crippled as well. You know, uh, you're vertically challenged. Have you forgotten that? <laughs> uh, and, and trust me, when you're reaching for the crispix and there's a five foot tall woman next to you and she can reach them and you can't, that's depressing. Uh, real quick story, real quick story before we wrap this up. We've nearly hit an hour and we've got to get out of here. Uh, but, but it's an honest true story and, and you will understand this because of the field of work that you're in. I went to the doctor a few months back for a yearly checkup. I never go to the doctor. The only reason I go to the doctor is for insurance purposes. You know, because when you get to the age where we are, they require you to go once a year and have a physical and do all of that good stuff, uh, whether you want to or not. And... So I went to get my physical, and my doctor looks at me and he goes, I want you to get a bone scan. And I said, why? And he said, because I'm afraid of osteoporosis. And you know what, Nat? I, I rolled as fast as I could roll to that room where the scanner was, because if I get any shorter, I'm going to be an Oompa Loompa. You know, all I could think about was an old lady with osteoporosis getting shot. I'm like, I can't lose any more inches or I will literally be in a palupa. You know what I'm saying? Well, so you've lost inches? No, I I have not. It's just that when you sit in this chair, I have never Uh stood. When you sit in this chair, you're four feet tall. I and and Got it. the thought in my brain was I can't get any shorter than four feet tall. If I get any shorter, I'm gonna have to have an assistant to 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 get stuff off a shelf. And, and it turns out I don't have it. They did the bone scan. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Right. Um. But but you know, it seems like a very very simple thing. As you know, being short, there's lots of short people, but you really, really, really think about it when you're a guy in a wheelchair and you can't do something as simple as, you know, reach for a box of cereal or get a drink out of the tap. I've never had a tap I could reach. I've so never what do you do? Tap. I have to ask. Every time you want something to drink. Every time. Every time. And, and and that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. That's when I and you and I talk about independence a lot. You and I talk about you being independent. We talk about me being independent. And and when we talk about that type of stuff, that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about for myself. I have to ask for everything. Right. I I had to ask. Before we started the show, uh, to go to the restroom before we started the show because I didn't want to be uncomfortable while we recorded this. I have to ask every time I need to do something like that. That being said, folks, we're going to do a lot of these shows and I want to make one thing very clear. I am not an invalid. 
I'm I'm very 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 independent. I, I'm I'm able to uh, be left by myself a, a lot of the time. There's a lot of days, and and you and I have talked when uh, my family's out of the house or out of town. I, I can take care of myself for several hours at a time. So I am not an invalid, but at the same time, I need a lot of help. So when we're talking about independence, when we're talking about getting a job, that's what my focus is. Is how do I do so I I need an assistant. So at least if I have to walk out of my room and ask for a glass of water, at least I'm paying that guy to get me a glass of water and I don't have to feel bad about it. Right. Because that's his job. You You're know? not stressing the the people around you, family-wise. Right. I'm not stressing my mom or, or my dad. Because there's nothing worse than to, especially when they are off work and they're sitting on the couch or in the chair or whatever watching a movie, and I come out and I say, hey, I've got to I've gotta use the bathroom or, you know, can I get something to eat or whatever, because it's interrupting whatever it is that they were doing. That you know, it's interrupting their rest time, and there is nothing to me. There's nothing worse than that. I hate that. I know that you know a little bit about that because you're a very, very independent person, right? And, and if if you were me, I think you'd last about two minutes, and then you'd shoot somebody. Yeah, it's it's very hard for me to ask anybody for anything. And see, I don't have a choice. Right. I mean, even, even like getting to work. I, if, if I get a job interview, I have to ask if somebody is available to get me there. I can't just walk out and go, Hey, um, I got this job interview. It's at 10 o'clock tomorrow and I need to be there. I have to schedule it. I mean, that's just part of the way it is. Uh, and so. Like I said, with you getting this job and with me searching for jobs, it's, it's been very interesting because I have to do it from a completely different perspective. And, and that's why we chose to do this first show because every, there's a lot of people struggling. As we wrap up here, we have to, we have to mention that there's a lot of people struggling to find jobs. I was one as of last week. We're not no. the only two people on the planet that are struggling to find jobs. No, we are not. And if if you are struggling to find a job, I'm going to put in my two cents and, and, and then I'm going to let Nat put in her two cents because she actually got a job. Uh, but what I would say to you is if you're out there struggling to find a job, you are going to get a job. Uh, I, 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 Love you a lot, Natalie, but there was a lot of time in the last three weeks that I really would have choked you to death. Well, that's great, but you weren't getting 50 rejection letters or whatever every time you logged I, on your I computer. Know, I know, but all I'm saying is... <laughs> yeah, I'm a real hot shot with my stack of I don't even want to talk to you letters. Yeah, well, Folks, I, this is how bad it was. I, she would... like. She would get a rejection letter and go, ah, 
Got another rejection letter. What am I going to do? What if I don't get a job? How am I going to pay for my house? Well, that's a real thing. Well, I know. And I understand that. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that it's hard enough just looking for the job. You can't let yourself get into a hole as somebody that's looking for a job. And that's been my thing with you over the last month or two months or whatever. It's like, look, I know it sucks, but you're going to get a job. And you right. can't believe otherwise because if you do, you're done. Okay? If if you don't believe in yourself, even when you're submitting a resume, you don't have a chance. Because there's nobody in this world that believes in you as a person except you. Period. Mm-hmm. And And if you don't put forth the the air that you believe in yourself and that you believe in your abilities, there's nobody going to hire you. So even if you feel like that, you know, you're never going to get a job and, and you're not qualified and nobody wants you, you can't show that. Because if you do, there's nobody going to give you the time of day. Would you agree with me there, Nat? Uh it, yeah, I agree that you have to stay confident. I think it's really hard. It's hard. It's I think hard. It's, I'm not saying and, and, it's not. Yeah. Um, I think it's really hard to believe when you hear, especially like, you know, I, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but, you know, in my case, I support myself. Um, you know, I pay my, my, for my house and my electric and my food and, um, money was running out. It's really hard. The stress of that is really unbelievable unless you live it. And and the, if anything good has come out of it is now I think I have a I know what that feels like. I know how how awful it is and I think that I have a lot of compassion for people out there looking for work because part of it is the actions that you take. You know, I did send out tons of resumes. I was worried that I didn't have the contacts I needed to move forward. It's hard I actually, I think it's impossible not to worry if you're in that situation. I, I just, but to that point, you can't, you can't lose faith in yourself. And you, and you also, if you do it long enough, something will turn up. I mean, it's bound to, it's bound to. And, and the, the job that I just had, um, it was something that posted online, or I just got rather, not just had. But it was something that posted online. The recruiter did send my resume forward, although I also had some internal people that I knew doing it the same. But it's likely that I would have interviewed either way. And I think that's very reinforcing. Um, so you just have to hang in there. And, yeah, if anybody needs a pep talk, they know where to come because I've lived it. I know it. It's just the state of state of our country right now. That's really good advice, and you have been there, and you have lived through it, and so that's, you know, that's one thing you got to understand is you're going to get something eventually, and I, I think that's the message that we can, uh, that we can bring to people with this first episode. Oh, I have one more thing. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, and then we're going to go for real. We got to go because we're way I over. I know, but one more thing. The things that I didn't get, it's kind of interesting because the thing that I got was actually a thing that I wanted, 
and a much better gig. So all those rejections, all those interviews I went on and close calls and all that stuff, um, I actually ended up, I think, it all ended up working out, which I think is an interesting thing. So, yeah, it's positive. It, it came out to be rather positive. So there's there's hope. I think that's what we want. That's what we want to give you with this first episode is we want you to understand no matter what situation you're going through, no matter what job you're applying for, no matter where you're at in life, uh, there is hope. Uh, because absolutely, because there, there. I, I, honestly, I think this last month, uh, Natalie did a really nice job of hiding it. But I think that Natalie thought for a while that she was going to be homeless if something I did didn't happen. Uh, I did homeless on the street, right? Yeah. And, and so there is hope in in everything that you do and everything that you apply for, and you're going to hear that a lot from us on this show. Because one thing that we want you to understand is it doesn't matter what the situation is, you can make it work, you can come out of it, and you can have a positive result eventually, okay? Not everything's going to work out, but eventually something will. And that's what we want you to take away from the Writing Wheelie podcast and this has been our first episode. I can't believe we've made it through the first episode. And see, you were all worried. <laughs> you had no reason to worry because you were absolutely fat. You didn't even have to try. Um, it went really fast. It was very cool. We're going to do this. We're going to try and do this on a regular basis. Natalie is about to get really, really busy. Uh, I would like to do it every week, but I don't know that that's going to happen. But you guys just keep it locked on uh, this feed right here. If you're listening to us on iTunes, New episodes will pop up in this feed, so just stay subscribed to this podcast feed, and you will get a new episode when we put it up. Uh, if you're listening to us from Stitcher Radio or from the website at writingwheelie.com, the, there will be new episodes there as well, so definitely just stay tuned. We're going to have new episodes for you. I have no idea where we're going next week, but we'll think of something. If you want to get a hold of us, it's very, very simple. It's jamie at writingwheelie.com. That's me, J-A-M-I-E, at writingwheelie.com, or netly at writingwheelie.com. And that's N-A-T-A-L-I-E at writingwheelie.com. And if you need either one of those uh, addresses, you can go to the contact page at writingwheelie.com. And just click on them, and they will open up right in your in your uh, email, and you can send us an email. And that's one thing I want to let you know. Please, please, please feel free to send us questions. If you have questions about anything, if you have questions about the type of wheels on my chair, if you have questions about how tall I actually am, I don't care. I will answer them. Send us emails, send us questions, let us know how we're doing. We we want all of those things, so please, please feel free to send us email. Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please write a review. I would love, love, love an iTunes review, unless we suck. If we suck, don't write a review. That, that <laughs> Only write a review if we're good, but if you like the show, write us an iTunes review. Let us know what you think. 
And, uh, and we would be more than happy to know that because this is fun for me. I hope it's been fun for Natalie. This is her first podcast ever. And, ever. And, and I, I hope you've had fun. Have you had fun? Uh, I hope I recorded it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, <laughs> yes, I've had if fun. If you didn't record it, we're going to have to do it all over again. Uh-oh. But, but for right now, I think that's it. I think that's all we've got. We will be back next week. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm Jamie, that's Natalie, we're riding a wheelie, and we're out.